Welcome back to Just Like Other Girls, everybody. It's me, Shannon Fiedler. That never changes, but I say it every week anyway because it's part of my shtick. It's part of part of having a show is saying who is hosting the show. And like always, Just Like Other Girls, hosted by me, comedian Shannon Fiedler, is ready to start. What an intro. This week, I wanted to talk about TV shows. And um, a very specific subsect of that, which is comedy. I think it's kind of um, undisputed right now that we are living in what a lot of people call the golden age of TV. I don't know if we're like maybe on our way out of it or not, but like the past 10, 15 years, TV has had this renaissance where we are getting works of art, shows that could rival feature films and big blockbuster motion pictures frame for frame plot line for plot line like these shows are incredible all of that being said I feel like when you're talking about tv with people and the shows that are gaining popularity there is this feeling of highbrow I don't think that's the right word but that these stories need to be intense whether that's like an intense storyline or backdrop or social issue that we're dealing with or you know they're very cerebral or the characters make you think and there's nothing wrong with that I think that there is a time and a place for that kind of tv but I love a sitcom and I think there's a time and a place for a sitcom too and I think as tv has become more and more prestige And it's more and more these sort of Mare of Easttowns or The Last of Us, which I'm not watching because I just can't bring myself to do it. But it's like the most popular show on TV right now. It's these like dystopian, dark, dealing with these like very dark, dark, dark themes. And I'm like, I just want to sit down and like tune out the world for 30 minutes and laugh with characters that I feel like I know because I've been with them for a while in, in a very specific setting. And that is what the 30-minute comedy is. And I think even like I, this is like my most unpopular opinion of all time, so I apologize in advance, but like I'm not, I don't love watching Succession. And I can watch that show and I can tell you, I know for, like I unequivocally, it is good TV. The acting is amazing. The writing is flawless it's funny the characters are funny the jokes are funny every single character on that show is so unbelievably unlikable as they are supposed to be but I as a viewer I'm like I need somebody to root for I want to be on somebody's side and I don't want to walk away feeling gross about humanity and I would watch Succession I watched like the first one and a half seasons and I was like these people are so horrible and I I get that a lot of people like watching it because of that there's like intrigue there's interest and at the same time you can also be like oh my god there really are people like this in the world it's important to know that but I I just want to watch shows about people I like I want to will they or won't they storyline I want to be rooting that somebody can like achieve their goals but I still want it to be good tv And so this is my thesis, if you will. I think 
right now there's a lot of there's almost like two kinds of TV. There's this like amazing prestige TV that is beautiful and artful and sometimes hard to watch but in a good way. The stuff that's like nominated, you know, for the Emmys and all of that. And then I feel like most of the other TV shows that are out there are so far on the other side of the spectrum, whether that's like reality TV show or just like pure fluff that like there's, I mean, how many shows, and I'm not going to name them, it's not, I don't want to disparage anybody, but how many shows do you see talked about on social media that are like, this show is so bad, but I'm watching it because I love the costumes or it's just like good background wallpaper and like people are watching these shows, but they're like, yeah, unequivocally, this is bad TV. And I'm longing for the really good, feel-good, heartfelt sitcoms with great comedy, great acting, great writing, great plot lines that I grew up with and more importantly that I think my parents grew up with and even their parents. Because I think, personally, I think that's what, at least that's what I need right now. I need an escape because you turn on the news, there's nothing comical about it. It is it is dark and it is hard to watch. And so sometimes when it's 9 p.m. on a Thursday and I just want to watch something before I go to bed, I don't want to think like that anymore. I want to just have something that I walk away and I feel good. And I think the major exception to this is Ted Lasso. And part of the reason I wanted to do this show right now is because Ted Lasso recently announced they're coming back for season three. And Ted Lasso to me is just the most perfect show ever, really. I mean, it is, I always say it is a warm hug of a show. You walk away and you just, you have hope for the world. Like if if there is one person out there who is like Ted in real life, then we're on to something. And the show is fun and it's heartfelt and the jokes are hilarious. Like I laugh out loud. It really is funny, but it has so much heart. And you care so deeply about all of these characters and you're rooting for all of them. And to me, it's almost like the anti-succession or the anti, you know, White Lotus or any of these shows where you're like, wow, all these people are so awful In Ted Lasso, even the awful people have a moment of redemption. It's funny because, like, especially season two of Ted Lasso, I'm like, they wrote, there's no villain in this show. Yet I'm still invested in these plot lines. They made the villain of the show the situation. Ergo, sitcom. To do this podcast, I I did a little research, and one of the first things I did was I was like, all right, what is is the actual definition of a sitcom? And it's exactly what you think it would be. But uh, according to Merriam-Webster's Dictionary, a sitcom is a TV series in which the same characters are involved in amusing situations each show. And I think there's two really important parts of that definition. One being situations. And obviously that's sitcom, situational comedy. That's what it stands for. But again, it's, you know, every show, every movie, every plot of anything that's a narrative fictional storyline there are situational aspects that cause the plot to happen like someone's father dies and then they inherit money and now they have to decide what to do with it or a princess gets put under a spell and now she needs true love's kiss or whatever so there situations are obviously a part of any narrative plot line but 
in a sitcom, they are the antagonist almost. So it's not in in the way that a drama has people pitted against each other. Sitcoms rarely do that. Now there might be a character who comes in and out who is a quote-unquote villain in some way, but for the most part, the comedy and the stress for the characters, they're coming from ridiculous and amusing situations that the characters find themselves in. And the second really important part of that definition is the same characters. And I think that while I love a miniseries, and I've watched a lot of really good, like some of my favorite shows have been these miniseries or these anthology series that are becoming very popular right now. I think what a sitcom has, and you look at some of the like best sitcoms of all time, they run for, you know, upwards of 10 seasons. So you are logging a lot of hours with those characters. And that's what makes the show memorable. So I'm going to talk about a lot of my favorite comedies through this podcast, but my app, I I guess my favorite, it's hard to pick a favorite, but I do think if I had to say, okay, what is my favorite sitcom, the answer would be New Girl. And the funny thing about New Girl is there is a premise that sets up the show, the pilot, you know, Jess goes through a breakup, she has to find new roommates, and she moves in with three guys, and antics ensue. By the time you get to season two even, That premise is no longer what the show is about. She's no longer the new girl. She lives with them. And by the time you get there, the show is about five or six characters, how they interact with each other, what their quirks are, and that is why we keep coming back. And that is why we keep watching. And the best sitcoms are the ones that are not, in my opinion, Like the best sitcoms that I like to watch are the ones that are really about the people and their relationships. And these characters are so fully fleshed out. Like there's these, if you watch a show 17 times, like I have with, I I mean I've watched New Girl start to end so many times. I've watched Friends. I'm re-watching Friends right now. And these characters have these quirks that could easily just be one episode arcs. Like for example, in Friends, It comes up in one of the mid-seasons that Ross has a quirk that when he goes to hotels, he needs to take everything because, like, he takes all of the toiletries and he takes all of the apples or whatever. And that's just, like, a funny little joke for that episode. But because these TV writers have committed to making these characters so real and, like, actual human beings, that quirk comes up in multiple episodes. So... Another season down the line, they go to a hotel and Ross is taking everything from the hotel and it's just that, and you laugh at it because you're like, oh, I remember this about him. Because with a sitcom where it's the same characters again and again for multiple seasons, you feel like you know these characters. And I think that's why I, like a lot of people I know, re-watch TV shows and, you know, like I said, I'm re-watching Friends for like probably the 10th time. I'm not sitting down and watching the episode fully engrossed. I, I, I know it by heart. I could, it amazes me how many lines I know verbatim what the characters are going to say. And, but I'm watching it 
and I have it on in the background while I'm cooking dinner or while I'm like eating a quick lunch or doing laundry or maybe I watch an episode before bed if I'm just like oh I'm probably gonna fall asleep to this so I'm watching it sort of passively and it feels great because these characters I feel like I know them I've known them forever they almost feel like friends of mine and that's why a show like Friends was or New Girl as well was so successful because these characters are so likable and you feel like you're part of the crew. And I think we've become so obsessed with creating shows about people who are so unlikable. Mad Men is one of my favorite shows of all time. But it also, I, I don't know if I'm exactly right on this, but I do think it it's credited with being one of the first shows to really lean into the idea of an anti-hero. Because Don Draper, while charming and handsome and sympathetic in a lot of ways, is not the most likable dude, okay? Again, spoilers, but this show came out so long ago. I don't even know if you could call it a spoiler anymore. But, like, he cheats on his wife ad nauseum. He's lying about who he is. He is kind of a jerk to his co-workers sometimes. He cheats on his wife more. Then he gets another wife and then he cheats on her. And he drinks an insane amount. And he's an okay dad, but like whatever. You know, like there are not a lot of redeemable qualities about Don Draper beyond he's a creative genius. But he's still sympathetic and we still find ways to love him against all odds. But that was really, I think, the beginning of like when we started to see this surge in content on television about the anti-hero, about a character that is a bad guy, but we still end up rooting for him or caring about his story. Obviously, I haven't seen the show, but Dexter is a prime example of this. Breaking Bad, he's, you know, in a meth lab, but we still like him. We go out, like, you know, so there, there was this beginning of the anti-hero and again like look at a show like Game of Thrones which again I love that show I love the fantasy like it was so fun I was invested in it I mean that's again a pretty dark freaking show and so many of those characters are with the exception of like Ned Stark who is just like pure goodness they're unlikable even the ones you like are unlikable and so I think there sort of became this feeling of that's what we should make is these unlikable characters and I think that's how a show like Succession garnered so much no pun intended success because the characters are funny as hell they're incredibly well acted they're nuanced they're escapist in a way that like very few people live that life but they're all unlikable and I just miss shows where the characters are like the Ted Lasso's or the Phoebe Buffets or the Nick Millers of the world where you just love them and you want to be their friend. And like, I would kill to be friends with The Loft in New Girl. I would kill for that to be my social circle. And I know they're fictional characters, but they're so lovable and their relationships are so interesting and intricate and fun. And, you know, there's, again, there's so many... So many good examples of this. Schitt's Creek, I think, is an amazing example of this because it is similarly to Ted Lasso, I would say. Maybe it it obviously has a little bit more edge than a Ted Lasso, but it's a show where you just feel good 
after every episode. And there were plenty of episodes of Schitt's Creek that I watched where I cried. Like the whole Patrick and David storyline, so much of that made me cry. And, and there were just all these beautiful moments. And it still never felt cheesy. And I think that's the problem. I think what happened is somewhere along the lines, the word sitcom became synonymous with cheesy. And don't get me wrong, there are plenty of cheesy sitcoms out there. And they're good too. They're good for what they are. But again, there are plenty of really broad, non-nuanced sitcoms where it's just a case of, oh, they're pretending to date, but they love each other. Or, oh, we didn't tell mom we were going to go out and now we have to lie about where we were. Like, you know, there's sort of these sitcom tropes. And I think those shows exist and I, I... There's a place for them. But I think what happened is people were so anti that cheesiness that we started to like shy away from sitcoms altogether. And again, I don't know if people necessarily when they hear the word sitcom, do they think of New Girl? And a lot of that, I'm not going to get into the technicality of it, but a lot of that has to do with whether it is shot on a multi-camera set, which Friends was, or the Big Bang Theory Um, It sort of has a glossier look. It's maybe shot in front of a studio audience, so there's canned laughter. There's a very different feeling than a single-camera TV show like The Office, like New Girl, where it feels a little bit more natural and more like you're watching a movie. And again, that goes back to what I was saying about, like, TV is becoming prestige. It can still be prestige And just be fun plots. And I think that's what Ted Lasso is. I think that's what New Girl is. The other example, I would say my other favorite, more recent sitcom. This one one maybe is a little less. There's a little bit more going on to it, but is The Good Place. And The Good Place, again, it's this show where this one actually does deal with some deeper issues. and, And definitely it's a cerebral show. And there are a lot of musings about morality and humanity and what does it mean to be a person and what does it mean to be a good person. So it's heavy stuff, but presented in the lightest way possible. It's laugh out loud funny. It's so smart. It's again, what the sitcom does so well when it works is it takes a motley crew of characters, people that you wouldn't normally expect to see together and mashes them into one place and they become this unlikely group of friends. And a lot of times that happens through, what did you know, situations like an office or um, a school or the good place, the afterlife, like this place that all these people find themselves and then become unlikely friends. I know for a fact that I enjoy television and movies that don't leave you smiling. You know, and and I think sometimes it's really important to watch stories and art and interact with things that don't leave you feeling good because, you know, the ancient Greeks used to talk about catharsis. You needed to feel all of your emotions through art. And I think there are a lot of movies and TV shows that, like Town, again, I don't think I left that show smiling once, but it was a good story and I was invested in it and I cared about those characters. But I just miss having really good comedy content that was lighter and fun and and just fun and escapist. And it's funny because, again, I wanted to do a little bit of research on this 
topic before coming on and talking about it. Because, like, obviously, yeah, I'm talking about New Girlfriends, The Good Place, Ted Lasso. Like, these are my personal favorites. When I, I went to the Rolling Stones top 100 sitcoms list, and I know the Rolling Stone rankings are highly controversial, and they are by no means, you know, divine truth. Like, there's a lot that you can agree or disagree with. But the one thing that I noticed in going to this ranking was that in the top 25, 50 shows, so many of them were older shows. So like I said, the sitcoms that my parents grew up with or the sitcoms that even generations before grew up with, like the Mary Tyler Moore show, Dick Van Dyke show, um, the Honeymooners. And then also like the number one sitcom of all time on the Rolling Stones list was The Simpsons, which whatever. I mean, it's been running forever, but it's a cartoon. It's very different. So then the number two was Cheers, which is not that old, but it's definitely like of a different vintage at this point. And I love Cheers. And I love how unabashedly a sitcom it is. Every episode is its own arc. You can watch them one off. You don't have to watch you know, if you didn't miss, if you missed last week's, you're not going to be totally lost. You don't need an episode recap. It's characters that you care about. It's a funny group of people. It's big, broad jokes, and you leave feeling good. And, you know, there's all these wonderful relationships. It's a perfect show. And I was looking at this list, and a lot of these shows were from the 80s or older. And I think those live on as the best sitcoms because. They they do what a sitcom is supposed to do. They make you feel good. They give you a story that you can latch on to. And they don't try to be anything else. And that's not to say that they don't have heart. Like, again, I don't, I, think, I don't think any show has more heart than Ted Lasso. It has something to say. There are real relationships and emotions present in that show. And that's, that's the thing. That's where... I'm saying you're either on one end of the spectrum or the other because there's a lot of like dumb slapstick humor or just like shows that really they're just big laugh out loud funny but there's no heartfelt moments. There's no, oh my God, I'm going to cry. I told you, I'm watching Friends for the 10th time and again, spoiler alert, but Rachel just had her baby and I cried and I knew what was going to happen from episode one because I've seen it so many times. And I had seen it so many times. I should be desensitized to it. But these shows create such wonderful, believable dynamics between their characters that you have watched for hundreds and hundreds of episodes that you can't help but feel emotionally invested in them. And I think that's the sign of a good sitcom. Something that can make you laugh out loud, can make you forget everything that's going on in the world around you and just be like fun escapism. It can be fluffy, you know. I I don't know if I like or hate that word, but it doesn't have to deal with like a big issue. You don't have to learn something, but you can still have an emotional response. And I think that there's a lot of shows that, and then, you know, there's also a lot of shows that sort of the dramedies of the world, like another favorite of mine, I did a whole episode on it, is Gilmore Girls or I love Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, or God, I mean, I'm a millennial woman. I've watched Sex and the City 900 times. And yes, those are comedies, but they are, they have storylines that you do have to watch in order, and there's a little bit more 
depth. I, I don't even want to use that word because I, I think a show like The Good Place has immense depth. But there's these sort of like dramedies that that's like a, a topic for another episode. Like I could do a whole list on those. But but I, I do think that like there's a reason there are 30-year-olds who are still watching The Office or Friends or Parks and Recreation because they don't make shows like that anymore. They don't, with the exception of Ted Lasso. I, I really mean that, like, that that show that you can just become a part of and love the characters. I miss the shows where you really loved everybody. And again, like, The Office, that show is amazing. There's no denying that. It, it's, it's a feat of comedy writing and a feat of comedy acting. So there's that. But the reason it's so good is because it has so much heart. Like, it has... More heart, really, than any show I've watched, even though it is sometimes, like, the dumbest, most absurd slapstick humor. And it's able to bridge those two things in a really effective way. But at the end of the day, yeah, of course we're rooting for Jim and Pam. Yeah, of course everybody loves Phyllis. She's, a, you know, she's just, like, a wonderful person. Like, you know. But at the same time, like, even Dwight, you love Dwight. And the fact that they're able to do that through the writing, through the acting, through the plotting, through the dynamics that those actors created for those characters, I just, I think there is a real want for those shows, but they don't feel perhaps premium enough. And I mean, you even look at Schitt's Creek, which is is such an amazing show, and it finally got all the recognition it deserved. But it was on, like, it was a little Canadian show on, you know, pop for so long before it got picked up by Netflix and suddenly it was an Emmy contender because I think selling people on an idea that is so truly sitcom-y can be hard in this landscape of TV that we are currently living through. I'm, you know, I've been talking for a while now and I have so many more notes about, like, I want to talk about all these different, I want to talk about the show Friends from College, which, you know, has a lot of unlikable characters, but somehow still feels fluffy. Or I want to talk about Cheers a little bit more. Or I want to talk about Abbott Elementary, which is, you know, kind of becoming an office for today. Or, you know, Arrested Development, Community, these shows that are a little bit left of center. Like, I have a lot of shows that I want to talk about. I want to talk about Ghosts, too, because I don't think it's getting the love it deserves for being just such a wonderful, fun show to watch. So if you're listening to this, watch Ghosts. I think it's on Paramount Plus and Hulu. It's on CBS. But it's a wonderful, fun, comedic show that is not trying to be anything other than a sitcom. And it is so successful at being a sitcom. And that's the show that my fiancé and I are watching right now. And it's, it's just so – I look forward to watching it so much. And I do like intense shows. I'm not saying we shouldn't have them. Also, like, who would ever listen to me? I loved Game of Thrones. I loved Mad Men. I'm watching season two of The White Lotus now. I'm, like, a thousand years behind. I am enjoying it and, like, looking forward to watching it every night. But in addition to those shows, I just, I miss the really well-done, premium, light-hearted sitcom. So if you have... If you have suggestions for sitcoms that I haven't mentioned yet that you think I 
should watch, please let me know because I'm always on the lookout for them. I'm always trying to find a new comedy. You know, there are so many good examples of it out there from all the way, you know, from I Love Lucy and The Honeymooners to Ted Lasso and The Good Place and everything in between. There are so many amazing comedies out there that are true sitcoms that I think people sometimes turn their nose up at and I just, I I don't see any reason to do that. It's, you know, the same thing with like, I love a rom-com. Like, I think there is a lot of fun in entertainment that is just entertainment. So that's that's the hill I apparently died on today. Anyway, that was a lot to say about TV. But that's that's it. That's my thoughts. So let me know what you think. If you agree, what your favorite TV shows are, what your favorite sitcoms are. If you agree, disagree, let me know. Shoot me a DM. I love to talk to you guys about this kind of stuff. Um, and yeah, if enough, you know, maybe if enough of you tell me what your favorites are, I'll start watching them and then there'll be a part two where I go through all of your favorites. Either way, as always, I'm Shannon Fiedler and this was Just Like Other Girls. Thanks for tuning in and we'll talk next week.